Welcome to the Immigrant Finance Podcast, a show dedicated to everything money, online business, and immigration, because immigrant families deserve to build generational wealth too. I'm your host, Adina, social entrepreneur, immigration attorney, and financial educator and coach for immigrant families. I created the Immigrant Finance Platform with my husband, Mauricio, who immigrated to the U.S. eight years ago after we struggled through the whole process of trying to figure out finances as an immigrant family alone. We wanted to share what we learned about building wealth with others along the way and created the Immigrant Finance School Group Coaching Program where we teach immigrants and their families like you how to manage their money, get started investing, and build online businesses in just weeks, all with group accountability and support. Our clients have been able to get started investing and develop lifelong plans to build generational wealth regardless of their immigration status, actually launched an online business they've been dreaming of starting for years, bring in enough income to leave a job with a shitty boss, and book up their calendar for the rest of the month just after announcing their new coaching business. I'm coming to you with a new show several times a week with stories about online business lessons, money and mindset insights, and guest interviews to help you become financially empowered. Each episode will switch between personal finance and online business topics. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, how are you? This is Adina from Immigrant Finance. I am recording this episode for the Immigrant Finance podcast straight up on audio. Um, It feels really good. I'm really excited to be doing this. The past uh, many episodes I've been recording, I've been playing around with recording um, while live streaming on video in our Facebook group, Immigrant Finance, Building Generational Wealth for Immigrant Families. And that's been really, really fun to experiment with and combine with video and engage with many of you live while I'm recording. I'm definitely going to keep doing that, but um, wanted to do just an audio recording today for a lot of reasons I'll describe. Basically, life's been really, really crazy. And it just feels really good because when I first started the podcast in, I believe it was December 2020, wow, it's been almost a year, I'm realizing. We're going to have to celebrate that. Um, yeah, when I started, it was it was just audio recordings for a long time. And yeah, it's reminding me of that. It feels really nice. So I hope you're all doing really well. I hope um, you're having a good day as you listen to this episode. And we're going to be talking about three steps you can take to buy a house. And that's part of why things have been so crazy uh, we actually just bought our our second home, and we're in the process of selling our first home. So it's been totally insane. It happened really, really quickly. We basically have been wanting to buy a a a, a bigger home and and get a little bit more space for like a year now. Um, and oh, there's been a lot of mindset challenges with that, which is what I'm gonna dive into some today and and share some strategies, how you can get past um, the challenges that come up. But yeah, we've been looking for over a year and it was very challenging because mostly um, we couldn't see ourselves as being able to or deserving of having this bigger house that we wanted. And, um, And the financial implications of that and paying a higher mortgage 
um, knowing what we wanted and having to make a decision around that and where we wanted to live. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a lot that goes into that that took a really long time to figure out. Um, but also, you know, we've been looking and looking and there's just been, you know, nothing we could find that was what we were looking for. We live in the Washington, D.C. area and the housing market here has been super, super hot during the pandemic. Even before the pandemic, it was always really competitive to buy property in this area. And during the pandemic, it got insane. Um, and so, yeah, like even if we found something we liked, it would be already sold by the time we wanted to go look at it. But basically, you know, we went through all of the mindset hoops and hurdles to finally get clarity on what exactly we wanted and seeing ourselves as actually being able to, to do that and have that. And then the perfect place popped up. Um, Mal has been looking every day for months and, you know, we haven't seen anything. And he finally found this place that is exactly what we wanted, has every single thing we were looking for. Um, so it went on the market on my birthday, November 4th, on a Thursday. And we were on a little mini trip out in um, Western Virginia in in like kind of wine country, vineyard area, nature, uh, which we really needed. You know, I, I was having kind of some ego battles uh, recently that I just needed to have a little vacation and, and be more in nature and reconnect. And that really jumpstarted things. Just, you know, sometimes getting out of your environment um, and being somewhere where you can reevaluate. Uh, that was really, really helpful for me. And, and like that same day, uh, Mal found this place and we were just like, wow, this is, this is exactly what we're looking for. Every single thing each of us wanted, um, it checked the box and it was in an area that we were not looking in or expecting to look at this point. He had started searching in the entire Washington DC Metro area, which is three jurisdictions. There's Washington DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Um, we currently live in Virginia. Um, I'm actually originally from Maryland and my family lives there. So we were really hoping to move to Maryland. That's where we had been looking um, to be closer to them. And it just turned out that to be anywhere close that would still be somewhat driving distance to DC to, to get to jobs and stuff would um, just be extremely expensive and it was starting to become impossible. And this place popped up in another part of Virginia that we weren't looking in, but it's a beautiful area. Um, and it, it's about the same distance as we are now, you know, from my family and, but still like not a awful drive to Washington, DC, um, where I practice as an immigration lawyer in my day job. So we're super excited and I wanted to share a little bit more about the story of that and some lessons learned to help those of you who are looking to buy a house or or if you own a home already and want to upgrade to a home, um, what can, what you can have some, in mind, some learning lessons. Oh, there is so much to cover. I, I may have to do several episodes on this. I mean, I was thinking of all the things I wanted to cover and I could do a whole episode just on like the process of... Uh, the pre-inspection and the making the offer and how to make a competitive offer and all of that. But we will have to save that for another day. And I'll start at the beginning and see where this goes. Um, 
So before, you know, I jump in a little more, you know, for those of you who are new to listening to the podcast, welcome. Um, I'm so happy to have you here and be part of this amazing community, whether you are an immigrant or a family member of an immigrant or an ally of immigrants. We appreciate your support of this community and, you know, contributing to this vision that more immigrants should be able to be um, financially strong and powerful and, and be building wealth. And when it comes to buying a house, this is really one of the number one financial goals of so many of our students and people in this community that I talk to, um, and certainly ours as well. And it, I think it comes from that American dream. Um, you know, the idea of being able to actually own land and property is one of the number one ways of building wealth in many countries, particularly where investing in the stock market isn't that common. And so that's already in a lot of people's minds from their home countries as a way to be building more stability and wealth. And then also when you think of um, immigrants coming to this country, buying a home is just such a big theme. It's, And I think I can say from our own personal experience, um, seeing and seeing my husband Mao go through this, who is an immigrant, I think it, I've seen for him, it, it just helps him feel rooted. It helps him feel like he belongs here. It helps him feel like he has, you know, made it in some way after all the financial struggles that we've gone through. Um, you know, when he first came here, he was literally renting out a room in the basement of this lady's house that was like next to the, um, what's it called? Like the, the heat pump, you know, or the oil radiator, I forget what it's called and, and like a closet. And so for him to be in a position where he can actually own his own home and to love that home and feel really good about it and feel like there's space to, to grow and expand and have a family there is, you know, you can't beat that. It, it's so tangible. Um, it's something that you can't feel or see when you're doing other ways of building wealth, like investing in the stock market. You don't, you don't, you can't feel and touch that. Right. And so owning a home, is so, so important. Um, and it really is a powerful way to be building wealth. It's one of the strategies we recommend in addition to investing in the stock market and starting a business and investing in yourself. Because when you're buying property, there's so many financial benefits. Um, you know, there's also cons as well, right? That's kind of beyond the talk for today. But some of the pros are that you can basically live for free while you're living there. Assuming you've bought property in an area that um, is, you know, going up in value over time. So you have to make a smart decision about where you buy property. Um, but assuming you, you do that, the value of the home is going to be going up over time. And so what happens is when you're paying your mortgage payments, if you've taken out a mortgage loan, you actually get all that money back if you sell the, sell the house later, plus you get all of the increase in value the, beyond uh, what you originally purchased the home for. And that's the basically the profit, the, the increase in value of the home. And that's just money you make, right, for, for doing nothing, just for living there. Plus all of the years you, you spent living there, paying those mortgage payments, you get that those back when you sell it. Unlike when you rent an apartment or rent a home, you never see that money back, that money you pay every month in rent. So for that reason, just 
being able to live for free and then having that growth in the value of the home and, and earning that passive income as the value goes up. Those are reasons why owning property is a very powerful way to build wealth that many people in this community already understand very, very well. Um, and sometimes when you do make a smart decision and the value of your area is going up and, um, you know, you can actually get extremely high uh, rates of performance of, of the the percentage and value that the house has gone up way beyond the stock market. So um, we were really lucky and the the home that we own now um, has gone up in, in value over time and at a percentage that we would not have seen in the stock market during that period. Um, so it, it's a powerful way. And, and that's the reason why it's so important to learn more about strategies of how to actually put yourself in a position where you can buy a home because it's expensive. It's not cheap to buy a home. Um, you know, if you're a first time home buyer, there are a lot of amazing loan programs out there where you don't need the full down payment. Uh, down payment is basically like a percentage of how much um, you're buying the house for that you have to pay in cash up front when you're taking out a mortgage loan. And there are these first time homeowner uh, programs you can research in your state and your area what's available. And there's also the NACA mortgage program that a lot of students in our community have used and really enjoyed. Where I, I believe it's a 0% down interest rate. And you have to go through the program, um, which has a lot of educational requirements to do that. But yeah, so there's ways to do it without a down payment or with a very low down payment. But that's not available to a lot of immigrants, as many of you know, particularly our community members who are undocumented have a really hard time finding access to loans um, that are going to allow them to have a low down payment or low interest rate, and particularly if, if you're using an ITIN. So that that's something that can get very complicated. So I want to talk really about what that looks like to save up the down payment. And also, um, if you if you're buying a second property, right, or if you're selling, you know, your current property and upgrading to second property, then you won't qualify for the first time homeowner uh, benefits and loan avail uh, programs. And so you will need to have more of a down payment. And um, generally, you know, it is recommended to have a 20% down payment, which is pretty high. That's a lot of cash, especially depending on the price of the home. Right. Um, and so, yeah, hard to do that. So I'm going to tell a little bit more about our experience recently buying this, this home, this, this crazy, crazy experience. Um, and a lot, a lot of the mindset challenges that got in the way and caused us to, have to go through a process for a whole year to even get in a place mentally where we could see ourselves as buying a home. So what did we want? Well, when we, when we started realizing we wanted a bigger place, um, well, first of all, you know, we love our current place where we're so grateful for it. This is where we've started a family where we've had our daughter. Um, this is where we started our business where we started immigrant finance. Um, it's, it's where we were able to have more nature for the first time because when we bought our current place, um, it was the first time we moved outside of the city. We had been living in Washington, D.C. before, and at the time, uh, we're really craving just having some trees around and having um, a little bit more of a community feel, a little bit more space. 
slower pace, right? So being in this place has been such a uh, such a, a pleasure that we're so grateful for. However, um, as our daughter gets older, she just turned two, we are getting to a place where it's feeling really small. You know, her toys are everywhere. Um, we don't have any room if we were to have another child at some point. Um, we really want to get a dog for her. She loves dogs. She's absolutely obsessed with them. It's so cute. Whenever we go on a walk, she, we, there's a lot of dogs in our, in our neighborhood. She'll stop and, and want to you know pet and see every single one and talk to them. And it would just make her so happy to have our own dog. So that's something we really want. And we don't have a backyard, so we don't feel like we can really do that in our current place. Um, I also really want an office. I'm dying for an office, you all. It's it has been. Uh, <laughs> I sound I sound so spoiled saying this, but I've been working um, in our basement that has no windows and no light, and I'm just one of those people that really needs sunlight. It really affects my mood. I probably have that seasonal affective depression or disorder or whatever that people have where uh, you can get kind of depressed when when you don't have sunlight. So I have been trying with all of my might to be positive and, you know, keep uh, creating content for this amazing community and, and, and sharing inspiration. Uh, but I have so much more to give you all. I have so much more that I know is going to come when I just have some, a window, <laughs> you know, so that's been a really big priority for me as well in our next place to be able to have my own office that has a window that's not in the, in a basement <laughs> with no windows. Um, so that, that's been a big goal as well. And, um, I just, I'm such a creative person. I want to feel really good in where I'm creating. That's really important to me. And I want to feel inspired so that I can, keep hopefully inspiring you all and inspire you more and, and share more um, lessons learned from our experience and from um, the experiences of other people in our community and our supporters that can help lift up this amazing immigrant finance community. So despite having all those desires of what we wanted in a, in a house, um, I personally felt really, really mentally stuck for a long time. And I know Mel has two in different ways, but I will speak more to my experience. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could not see myself as someone who could have a bigger place. Like, I, I really think it came down to not feeling worthy and deserving of it, even though that was something I wanted um, and we wanted as a family. I just had such limiting beliefs and such a mental block about what was possible and available to us that I just assumed it wasn't an option. And I couldn't, for, for many, many months, I couldn't even get myself to a place of looking at the numbers and finding a way to make it work and looking at loan options because I just had this story in my head that we couldn't, that this was not available for us. And this is the same story that has played out in other financial um, growth areas we've had. You know, it was the same thing that happened when we started budgeting. It was, I didn't see myself who could, as someone who could be good at money and math and and numbers. Um, it was the same thing that happened when we started investing. I it was very difficult to believe we could become, you know, not only beginning investors but eventually advanced and sophisticated investors. And to see ourselves that way. 
Um, same thing with starting a business, you know, so many mental hurdles to that. I've worked in nonprofits for about 15 years. So I never, ever worked in a business before. And that was really challenging to imagine as well. And I had to work through that for years with several coaches and mentors I worked with to finally um, get immigrant finance off the ground and move it, you know, out, out from just an idea. And so this happened with the house too. And I remember this one night we had where Mao just kept saying, you know, he was really ready for a long time. This is actually kind of our dynamic often where like, he'll be ready for the next thing and talk about it and get excited and be like, we'll do it. I'll kind of freak out because I'm thinking of all the practical of what that takes. And um, I'll resist and not be ready for a long time. And then I'll go through my whole process, which usually requires having to figure out how it would actually work after the mindset work. Um, and then I'll be ready. And then it's starting to become real. And then he freaks out and he's like, oh my God, I'm not ready. <laughs> it was the same thing with having a child. Yeah. Just a side note. But so we got, we got to a point, um, where, you know, Mal was, was definitely ready and we had, I'll never forget this, this conversation we had one night in our kitchen where he's just like, you know, let's do it. We're going to be so much happier we really want this, you know, all of that. And I, I just freaked out. And I was like, I mentally cannot handle this right now. Like I am so overwhelmed just trying to manage, um, being a, an immigration lawyer and being a mom and, um, teaching and immigrant finance and creating content and it, growing it. It, I just, it was way too much. And I was just like, I, I can't, I, I lit my brain literally can't. And I know that's something that comes up for a lot of you. I connect with when it comes to your finances too, when your brain just feels so overwhelmed and you're just not even ready to see yourself as someone who could be financially strong, who could be an investor, who could be starting a business. Um, you're not, you're like at the beginning of that mindset phase. And, and that's exactly where I was for a really long time. It was just something I could not handle. And I just had to be like, I need you to give me time. I just, I can't. And, and he understood. And he's like, okay, I'm going to start talking about it. And this was also around the time or before or after, I can't remember when he had uh, left his job, you know, that during really like height of pandemic to take care of our daughter and so it was stressful financially. And I've talked about in other episodes, I went through several months after that, even though that was like a decision we wanted to make and that was best for our family, just the loss of a paycheck uh, just freaked my brain out because our brains are taught, you know, so much that we need to have uh, a paycheck and that that's what stability is, even if it's not actually true, even if we have, you know, more options and perhaps more financial opportunities if he has more time, you know, available to work on immigrant finance, for example. So yeah, I, I wasn't ready. And eventually over several months, um, when I started to feel a little more space to think about it and process it and think about what that would mean to buy a bigger house, ultimately I had to realize that we had to start seeing ourselves as people who could have a house we wanted who could have a house that could fit a family, who could have a house that could have a dog in a backyard and that that could be possible for us and that we were worthy of that. Um, I had this idea that only certain people got to have that and we wouldn't be able to. And it just goes to if you've had financial struggles like we have, 
that stuff gets really ingrained in your brain. Even if you're not in that situation anymore, your brain can go back to that. It lives in your subconscious. So when, and it usually gets triggered and comes up whenever you're going to the next level. So this, this buying a bigger house is an example of us going to the next level. And so my brain went to the freaking out of what it was like, you know, when Mao had just first immigrated here and we really struggled for a few years and we lived paycheck to paycheck and we are in debt and all of that. It, I just, I couldn't distinguish it. Like, and, and when that happens and, and your ego really takes over and your fears and your doubts, you don't think rationally. It's very difficult to be logical. Um, so that's just something to be aware of if that's coming up for you at all with any financial moves that you want to be taking. Is it the fear that's dominating, clouding your mind and making you overwhelmed? Because that that's really normal. Um, and that, that's what was going on here. And I, I had to basically find a way over months to like wade through that and like it's I think of it as kind of like this really dense uh like I don't know how to explain it almost like if you're swimming through dark jello or something I don't know that's what my brain is seeing like if you're swimming but it's really really difficult to swim and you have to like pull so hard with each stroke of your arm so that's how it felt to just like get to a place for over months where I could even consider that this could be something possible for us. Um, and so that, that was the hardest work actually of buying a, a house. And, um, it was the same, it was the same thing with the first place we bought too. I remember going through that as well. So once I started to realize that that's what was going on and it was the mindset stuff, um, you know, easier said than done to just be like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm not, it's mindset stuff. Like I'm just going to fix that. It, it takes time. Um, so I, I started going through my process for that and just started asking myself some questions and letting myself explore a little bit and learn more and figure out, you know, what the numbers could look like, um, and basically start focusing more on the practical than the fear and, and not letting myself freak out because I was just exploring. And I always, um, tell this to my business coaching students that when you're starting a business, for example, everything comes down to math and drama. Everything is math and drama. Like if you were to, you know, have that discipline and control over your brain um, and just focus on doing what you need to do and taking the steps you need to take that will add up to you growing, starting and growing your business, that's literally just math. It's like, okay, the more people you reach out to and connect with and tell about your offer, the more likely you're going to find some clients who are the right fit for you to work with, right? It's just math. The problem is the drama takes over and and the insecurities and the imposter syndrome and the perfectionism and the fear and the doubts, all of that. And it's, it's the same thing with any time you're up-leveling in any area of your life and, and any financial growth areas that you're going through where the drama can take over. So I tried to slowly climb back toward the math. Um, and so what that looked like was I, 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 one of my first steps was researching loan officers and learning more about um, what it would look like to take out a mortgage loan for, for this new house and, and what, what amounts could be available to us. That process actually took several months because um, I wanted to find someone that was recommended, you know, and 
then um, we had to have multiple conversations, send them all our financials, you know, gather all our financial documents. And it was extremely helpful. I would really recommend taking that step um, because I didn't know where we were at, where we were at, or what we could afford until going through that process. So, uh, beginning to apply for a mortgage loan is a way to figure out your numbers and what resources you actually have available. And like when you start to do that, you can start to climb a little bit out of the fear. And it's the same thing with um, other financial areas like budgeting or investing. It's like okay, I'm just going to find myself some resources that can start to show me how to do this correctly. And I'm just going to learn step-by-step, little-by-little and start to get more more familiar. And and when you do that, that's how you become an investor. That's how you become a budgeter. That's how you become someone financially strong um, is just taking those steps to learn a little bit more and focusing on the math, not the drama. So um, it really all came down to to swimming out of that limiting uh, mindset I had been in where I really didn't believe it was possible. And that wasn't based on any logic. I I didn't know what the numbers were. So I actually didn't know for sure whether it was possible or not, but I had a story in my mind that was dominating that it was not going to be possible for us to ever have a, a bigger home with these things that we wanted, like a backyard and an office and a, a room for, you know, m- more family at some point. So, um, all came down to mindset and, you know, once began, once I began that process of like starting out the numbers and moving more to the math and slowly climbing out of the mindset, seeing what it would look like, um, still very difficult to, to buy a home and find a home because the, at least in our area or in, in any metro area, I'm pretty sure it's very difficult to find a place of what you're looking for in your price range um, and to actually get it because there's a lot of competition and you have to compete usually. Um, usually when you're putting an offer on a house in, in these more urban areas, at least there's multiple other offers. So you have to compete, you have to be decisive, you have to think quickly Um and it's just so hard to find the right place in the first place. You know, you're they a, real estate agents are always going to tell you, you know, you never find every single thing you want. You always have to give up something, right? Um, but a lot of it is about starting to be decisive and figuring out what exactly you want, and then looking for that, right? And then starting to be decisive about going to visit places and see them in person, and then consider putting uh, an offer on once you figure out the financing for it. And again, this is the same thing with finances and business. Same exact thing. Um, You have to, you have to start being decisive and you have to decide that you're going to be someone who has a financial plan and you're going to have to make decisions to go create that plan and then to start implementing that plan. It all comes down to decisions. So ultimately, um, Going through this whole process, like I said in the beginning, we were we were so fortunate to actually find a house that had a lot of the things we were looking for. Um, again, you're not gonna get every single thing perfect. Most likely, you know, it's not it's not exactly where we wanted it to be. We wanted it to be in Maryland. It's in Virginia. Um, there's a couple other things, but it had it has almost all the main things we really wanted. So um, we're so so grateful for that, and a lot of. I think a lot of it came down to like spending that time to really work on the mindset to to believe and see we could have a bigger home and then doing the practical uh, 
focusing on the math and figuring out how to make it work and figure out the financing and figure out what resources we have um, to actually make it possible. And the most transformative part of all of this and going through any mindset work you do when you're up leveling and especially with your finances, um, a lot of it is about stepping into your higher self. So if you haven't heard that term before, your higher self is kind of this idea of like who who you ultimately are meant to become, who you ultimately are, um, you know, what is your soul purpose? Like, why were you put on this earth? Like th- that kind of thing. And we all have a higher self that throughout our life, we are evolving to become more and more of. It's becoming truly who you are. And, you know, uh, that was one way to guide the decision making um, toward the end when it was risky to put in an offer, was risky to move quickly without having a lot of time to think about everything, was thinking and making decisions more of like, what would my higher self do right now? Instead of the current me that is afraid and still kind of maybe believes we don't deserve this, right? Um, and, And that's what we did as a family too. And it was very interesting because when we came really close to actually putting in an offer and going for this house, that's when Mal had his freak out. Um, and he, he articulated a lot of things that, um, I was actually surprised to hear, but, uh, also not surprised because it, it's, it's stuff that I see with our students all the time. Um, that I see a lot of people in the immigrant community go through of like, he just, he kind of freaked out. He's like, I don't, I like can't see myself as like being in that neighborhood. Like I see myself as like a poor immigrant, you know, and um, and like I don't know if I belong there. And uh, I he just freaked out. He's like, I can't see myself actually being in this house. And even though he really wanted it, he was so excited about it. He had found the house. It was exactly what he wanted. Um, when we went to see it, he fell in love with it. You know, when it came to actually make it happen those fears and doubts and insecurities came up. And I'm just sharing this to show you all that it's so normal. And this is how our brains work when you're going to the next level. So if, if you're like ready to jump in and get your money together and your finances together, and you're having thoughts like that come up, that's what's going on. It's just your brain freaking you out and you're trying to keep you where you are because you're about to go outside your comfort zone and go to the next level there's a name for it, actually. Some people call it the kickback. Like right before you go to the next level, you have a big kickback where you freak out um, and you think it's not possible. And that's actually when most people give up. Um, but if you just stick with it and then and don't give up and then push yourself to go a little out of your comfort zone, that's when you can have major growth happen, major opportunities. That's how wealth gets built. So think about what is it that you are um what what stage are you at right now? What's the next thing that you want to be doing to take your finances to the next level? And is that coming up for you? And recognize it. That's just the kickback. You're about to go to the next level. And I've seen this with so many of our students and it's amazing and so powerful and so inspiring um, when they decide to keep going forward. And then that's when major growth happens. That's how our student Yasmin started a really successful cleaning business where she was able to leave her job at Subway, for example. You know, um, that's where a lot of our students have 
gotten over the fear or, you know, they still have the fear. The fear doesn't go away, but they've taken action despite the fear to go open that investment account, even though they're freaking out about it and they're the first in their families and everyone in their family is scared and telling them that that's like gambling, right? And they go and do it anyway. And then they become the leader in their family and then they teach their families and then all their family members, they help open investment accounts and then everyone starts investing. And then the family starts actually building generational wealth. Oh, I get so excited about all this. So, um, but yeah, that that's that moment. That's that moment where you want to keep going and don't give up and don't let the fears take over and dominate. Okay. Um, we're here to support you too. Like if you're there, this is why we give free 30 minute consults. I'm so happy to help coach you through that and, and to support you so that you can step into your higher self and what you're what you're meant to be doing and having and living. So I'm going to cover another three steps to sum up of how you can get started with buying a house. So to taking some lessons learned from our experience, but a little bit of what I've shared. The first is to get clear on your financial goals. Um, so you're not, you know, we all have so many financial goals and it's really hard to move any of them forward if we're not clear about them. Um, so you need to have crystal clarity. And so we we got that clarity through this process that buying a bigger home was our number one financial goal this year. And so we put all of our energy and strategy and mindset work um, and effort into that goal instead of spreading ourselves thin across, you know, 10 goals that wouldn't really go anywhere. So in, if, if one of your goals is buying a house, like figure out, is that like your number one goal? Is it in the top three? Is it one of 10? Like how, how much of a priority is it? And if it is your number one goal um, or whatever is your number one goal, you then can make an action plan to make it happen once you have that clarity. Um, so in the case of buying a house, you can figure out how much you would actually need for a down payment. And then you can implement it through your budget and your financial systems. This is exactly what we teach people in our immigrant finance school program. So if you could benefit for, from some um, guidance and support on that, we would love to, to help you so that you can actually turn your financial goals into reality through a budgeting system and other systems to implement it. The second thing is focus on the math, not the drama. That was ultimately how I crawled out of that mindset muck I was in and all the fears was starting to ask myself some questions and learn more and figure out practically how this would work um, and, and get away from a little bit, the over-dominating story of we don't deserve this and this is not possible for us, of not seeing ourselves as people who could have a bigger house and have what we desire and have what we wanted. Um, and th that's one way you can also start kind of moving from scarcity mindset to more abundance mindset. Because when I was just focused in the drama, it was all scarcity. It was all about how we can't afford it and how we never would be able to. And we are all meant to be abundant. And so much of it is the mindset work to put yourself in a place where you can start to make decisions more from your abundance instead of your scarcity. And that allowed us to start looking at what loans could be available to us and what resources we had available and then figuring out the gap between what was available for this down payment to buy a bigger house and what we actually needed, what was missing. And then we could build a plan on how to make up the difference um, and how to get super laser focused on that. 
And there's many ways you can make up that difference. You can focus on increasing income. You can invest. Um, you can save. You can leverage credit that's available to you. Um, many, many strategies are available. And then the last third step is to focus on the mindset work that can move, move you to someone who does believe in yourself as someone who can be building wealth, as someone who can have the life that you deserve. It really all comes down to self-worth. Um, again, easier said than done. I told you this took me a year with this particular um, decision point to develop the self-worth to believe that we could be people who could have a house that we wanted. And when you start to step into your true higher self and, and start to believe in your abundance of what's possible, that's when you can start asking yourself better questions. So that's what allowed me to go from, we can't afford this. This is never po going to be possible for us. This is going to take 10 years to save for, to asking questions like, what type of mortgage loan might we qualify for? And what's the lowest interest rate we can get? And what are some ways we can start um, increasing our savings goal for this right now? And, you know, what are neighborhoods we could look at that are going to be more affordable to get the kind of house we want that's going to be within our budget? And, you know, who are real estate agents who know those areas and what houses are on the market right now in those areas? So you start to ask yourself better questions instead of just, I can't afford it. And then the answers start to come. Our brains are actually designed to come up with answers. So it's all about asking those better questions, more from a place of abundance, more from your higher self, rather than the scarcity, the fear, the doubt, you know, all of that. So those are the three things that you can do to start um, getting yourself in a position to buy a house. And I hope this was helpful. So number one, get clear on your financial goals. Number two, focus on the math, not the drama. And number three, make a plan to make up the difference of what you need and, and do the mindset work um, to actually move to being someone who believes in yourself to build wealth and have the life you deserved. I hope this helped uh, support you if this is something you're thinking about or with other financial goals. If you enjoyed this, this is a great example of the type of coaching I do in our signature program, Immigrant Finance School, which is a building wealth group coaching program and online course for immigrants and their families. We empower people to make this shift from surviving to thriving so they can build generational wealth by focusing on money management, investing, and increasing income, including by starting online businesses. So if you'd like to learn more, head on over to immigrantfinanceschool.com. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Immigrant Finance Show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already and leave us a review so we can reach more people to help. Also, did you know we started a free Facebook group for immigrant families who want to build generational wealth? We're doing free monthly trainings covering everything from investing to online business. Plus, you will be in there with a network of other inspiring members of our community. Make sure to join us at facebook.com slash groups slash immigrant finance. And we'll see you there.